By the same name, debuting in July, which we'll talk about with the two people who are putting all this together. Navasha Day is back in the studio again. Good to see you, Navasha. Good to see you, too. Singer, songwriter, just got back from Benin, which we'll hear about. Co-founder and director of Healing and Performing Arts at the Youth Resiliency Institute. The other half of her life and work, Fanon Hill is in the house. (laughs) Cultural organizer, co-founder and executive director of also of the Youth Resiliency Institute and trainer for the National Rights of Passage Institute. Good to have you all here. It's good always to be here, a always. Pleasure. You and your entire team always treat us like family, doing great, family. great work. It is. It, it is. is family. Yes, indeed. Where do we begin? There's so much to talk about. <laughs> much, <laughs> much, much, much to talk about. Yeah. So let's, let's just talk very quickly about, so we can get into the album and what's happening in Cherry Hill and yep. what you're doing here. You just got back from Benin. Oh, Lord, yes. The home <laughs> of the Vodun. Yes, it was very, very beautiful. Vodun. Yes. <laughs> Made some connections there musically, um, shared the music because the um, title of the movie and the soundtrack, Lomnava, is Evwe from West Africa and Benin, they speak Evwe. So the uh-huh. people there knew what I meant when I said Lomnava. And to bless this project and to give Sounded honor like to it. like somebody who speaks the language? Oh, sucky now. <laughs> and to give honor to, the, um, to it, it was, very, it was an honor to be there, to kind of mm-hmm. set, set it off in regards to getting um, kind of a... Um, not a um, what is it a um, sanction from the people in regards to this work that we're doing with this title that's you know Evwe, and while I was there, I did some spiritual work, but also there for you know music as well. So it was awesome, and it was really warm when I got back. It was really cold, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so 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 I'm able to hear more and more of that. We should the whole other day talking about that. I'd yes. love to hear about that journey to Benin. It sounds you were there for a week. Yes, long, yeah, a little longer than that. Yeah. So let's talk a bit about this new CD, but this film and the project and how it fits into the work mm-hmm. you're doing in Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, once again, in 2008, I had the opportunity to meet Miss Shirley Folks, a dynamic community champion in, in Cherry Hill Public Housing. And I attended a tenants association meeting. And at the time, uh, I was new to Baltimore, been in Baltimore for almost 10 years now. But when I arrived, everyone said, whatever you do for now, do not go to Cherry Hill. Mm-hmm. And I recalled, you know, in terms of my upbringing growing up in East Cleveland, Ohio, where we also have Journey Project programming, people used to say the same thing. You know, don't go to East Cleveland. So, of course, I ventured into Cherry Hill. And what I discovered was a beautiful, historic community in this most amazing woman, Shirley Folks, who had been working with children, with families for decades and whose story had not been properly told. And so we took time and we developed trust. And a few years later, we held our first summer camp and expected maybe about 15, 20 families to show up. We had over 60 families who showed up for an opportunity for their children to be included or to have an opportunity to uh, be involved in art-based programming. And after that experience, we knew that we had to solidify our relationship with Shirley folks, with the other family organizers there. And so uh, we developed year-round programming, all without public or private funding. We tapped into the spirit of self-determination that exists in, in, mm. in black communities, whether it's, you know, the Oliver community, Park Heights. And lo and behold, a few years later, um, we were awarded a grant from the W.K. Kellogg Foundation um, to support our family engagement, culturally relevant family engagement work. In other words, tapping into the history, the protocol, the tradition that existed in Cherry Hill, as well as Albemarle Square, 
which is in East Baltimore, mixed population housing, yeah. where we have Journey Project programming, and East Cleveland, Ohio. So we believe in organizing across state lines and making sure that families have a chance to uh, explore different tactics and strategies that work in different ecosystems. And so, lo and behold, uh, we were able to fulfill a promise that we made to Shirley folks when we first met her and document um, her efforts in Cherry Hill and the efforts of the other families whom we're working with within the Journey Project. So in July, we're going to debut um, a documentary uh, titled Alumni by Love, um, which is going to provide uh, oxygen for these families whose voices, whose stories are really told for them to tell their own stories. And we knew we needed a soundtrack. And uh, I thought about it. And I said, are you up to it, Fanon? Because I'm a musician as well. And I knew no one really knew these families like we did. So Navasha and I entered into a partnership, an artistic partnership. I pulled out my guitars, keyboards, and wrote, wrote, wrote over a week period. And the product is this soundtrack, Lumna Vala, mo- original motion picture soundtrack. And this music, which was released uh, in April, is now playing around the world, yeah. um, in England, <clears throat> in Japan, in Venezuela. So the stories of these families, the, the themes that runs throughout the soundtrack, which is freedom. It's still about freedom. Um, these songs are, are healing worldwide. And so it's very, very humbling and, and, and exciting. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so th- this so. The sound, the, the music here uh, is going to be in the film. This is the soundtrack. Some of the music, yeah. Right? Correct. Um, but I, I noticed kind of philosophically how you approach this mm-hmm. about the, the themes of, of uh, the African diaspora and freedom mm-hmm. and the history. That, that, that mm-hmm. to me is really kind of interesting. Each piece of music kind of touches on Correct. a different aspect of black existence. Yes. So we have protest funk. And then you protest have funk. Protest funk. That's dubbed by Fanon. <laughs> Protest funk. We have, um, you know, of course, reggae. We have um, folk. You don't heard that song, Who's Child? We have um, traditional R&B, you know, like Motown, the Baltimore Stand Strong song. Um, And then we have, you know, soul is permeated through all of that, which is, you know, from Africa originally. I mean, when we look at the history of music. And it's just, to me, it's every time we, okay, we recorded it, right? We had our process. First of all, us entering into an artistic partnership was very new. So that was a whole um, process that was really beautiful and a very much a beautiful surprise, to be honest. Yeah, because working a husband and wife together can also be, it has it has oh, its, yeah. it has its little holes oh, yeah. along well, you the know way. Know to saying, you know, right. yeah. <laughs> no, it's good. It's yeah. good. It's yeah. good because you know um, we did this work. Like even just working in the community together is something that was a kind of surprise initially, and us being really good at it as a team. Oh yeah, yeah. And right. the need right. for the families and children to see a husband and wife working together. And, it, and we're very real with them. You know, we're like fussy, fussy or whatever, lovey, lovey. They get to see all of that. And then um, the music, though, was a surprise. It really, I mean, our families in Cleveland who we grew up with the community are very, very, very proud. But some of them weren't surprised. They were, like, waiting. Some of them were like, we were waiting for y'all to work together. You know, people who knew he did, Rafa and I wrote music. And as a musician, um, he plays bass, too. He didn't mention that. And so it's very much a beautiful surprise because we still get to, to really demonstrate our work and our dedication to the community through the music. And me being mm-hmm. a professional musician, um, you know, is an asset, obviously. And um, yeah. I'm really very proud. Of my, <laughs> I'm very proud. A little just bit, a little bit. Little, just a little bit. I'm very proud of my vocals on this album. And Fanon is a really, really profound producer as well. He's very, very detailed. I thought I was really picky. He's way more picky than me. I mean, each <laughs> instrument, he's like, no, play this hi-hat. No, play this 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 vintage 
Arp Odyssey play. The, I mean, he's very specific in what he likes. And it really helped me as a producer because I wasn't all that specific about everything. I was like a little different. But I, he's a guitar player. And I didn't play guitar at all. I play keys, percussion, and singing. Because he plays guitar, too, is a different ear. And I learned a lot about um, musicianship from this process as well. But it's, very, it's an honor because when we, I perform the songs, I see it differently based upon who's in the room listening to it. And so um, recently when we performed for the live recording, one of the songs, Hallelujah, is about uh, Mama Ginger Dukes-Bill, who's an elder who transitioned. She was a great organizer. Fanon organized with her. I met her through Fanon. And she lost her son through violence. He used his body to um, to protect a group of people at a club. He was a bouncer and passed and transitioned. And he met, she met Fanon and adopted him as a son. And they were walking around the city organizing. And one of her favorite phrases was hallelujah. And I hope I'm sharing the story because you would say it a little more passionately, Fanon. But um, the, when we had this event, the, her children were there and her grandchildren were there and the mothers that she organized with were there and they were crying. When I came up to them at the end of the show, they were like, thank you for honoring our mother. And that's the kind of energy that this project is, this project is about. A lot of artists can make music about themselves, but when you make it bigger than yourself to make a change right. in a grounded way, right. not just in a, I want to be different now, I'm going to talk about the people right. now, I've decided now. It's, it's really profound and then it's blessed by the spirit world, it's blessed by the community in a different way so that that... that um, surpasses the need for the claim you would get from the industry. The industry has no choice but to embrace it when the people embrace it. So you, are we going to play another cut? Describe it to us? Sure, sure. Well, Navasha spoke about protest funk. So um, the next cut, Operation 666 Poverty, is uh, a song that really takes listeners on a journey with, with, with uh, a contemporary black folk hero as she and her family are stalked by poverty. Um, at every turn. Operation 666 Because I think that's it is amazing. I mean, you know, when you we always in this town, not always, but too often, kind of think we don't have what it takes to be 
national, international in terms of our sound and right. our work, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. this is like such a professionally mm -hmm. produced piece mm -hmm. of music. Mm -hmm. This particular, there's, not, there's no yeah, half step in yeah, this stuff. Yeah. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This, this particular song right. has, it's been playing in England since we released it. It's yeah, one, of, it's really? one of their yeah. favorites. This one, Operation Six 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 Poverty. Um, and once again, you know, this album is very much a concept album. So freedom um, is is one of the themes that runs throughout every song. Uh, so, mm -hmm. oh, go ahead. Your statement. so we oh, we knew in terms of recording this, we recorded it at Rightway Studios, the studio Nabasha has used. Steve Wright, a tremendous humble hey, engineer, and uh, <laughs> I, I wanted vintage equipment. And Mark, there's, huh. there's something very surreal about playing an instrument that's older than you. So at the time, we used a, a mini Moog, which was 40 years old. And when and you play, what is a mini Moog for our listeners? So that's a synthesizer that uh, is one of the first synthesizers ever created. Um, and Steve Wright actually had the synthesizer that had been sitting in his corner for, for, for decades. And when I asked if he had it, he said yes, and he looked amazed. But to use vintage equipment, you know, um, instruments when you're recording, it brings a certain essence, uh, essence, a, a different type of energy into the actual production. And so this particular song, you know, you can you can feel the essence of these vintage instruments. They're telling their own story and there's a lot of interplay. But uh, the whole process was very, very professionally done. The instrumentation, the musicians who came in the studio, um, there was a lot of trust. A lot of trust mm -hmm. about playing these songs and honoring them and the people whom we speak about within these songs. So talk about the, 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 the I just want you to pick up in here and, and the boss should jump into this as well, that, that how the, the, the role that art and, and, and cultural activism plays in changing who we are and changing community. Because people always see this as kind of not always, but many people see this as kind of fully attachment, right? Mm -hmm. As opposed to the heart mm -hmm. of it. Could you all talk mm -hmm. to that a little bit since that's... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I think that's a great question. And, you know, the Youth Resiliency Institute, we honor the role that art plays and has, al has always played within our communities. And one of the things I often share is uh, the reality that the functionality of African art <clears throat> redeems and restores. The functionality of African art redeems and restores. So within the African tradition, it's not about simply making a mask and then nailing it to a wall or hanging it from a wall. It's about the functionality of that mask, how that mask is used within rituals, how that mask can restore, redeem. And so uh, as though for those of us who call ourselves artivists, who live as artivists, there's no separation. Mm -hmm. You know, um, how we greet each other is artistic in terms of how we give each other dap, mm. um, you know, how we produce our art. Um, who we surround ourselves with when we're producing the art, where we produce the art. So to uh, uh, <clears throat> produce many of these songs in Cherry Hill Public Homes in terms of writing these lyrics while waiting for programming to begin, so on and so forth, you know, it, it, there's, there's no separation. And, you know, industry pop culture oftentimes tries to, to force a separation, which creates fragmentation. And uh, whenever there's fragmentation, there's not wholeness, and that uh, does not speak to who we are, who we were made to be by the creator. Mm -hmm. hmm. And then also, I mean, well put. Yeah, very <laughs> well put, sweetie. Um, also, you know, with every great movement, there's always a soundtrack, and music is a way for us to connect. It doesn't have; it has a, its, its own language. 
and as an African people, even when I was in Benin, I'm, everything is ritualistic. Everything is spiritual. There's no separation. It's not like now we're compartmentalized. We're going to be spiritual. Now we're going to be artistic. <laughs> now we're going to be cultural. It's all inter you know connected. It's right. holistic. And in this baby um, teenage culture called America, you know they're learning. We're you know people who are in power are learning. Um, thus, us making this album to explain African Americans. Because if you heard in there, it said, you know, um, you don't have no internet. I can't get a job. So if you don't know that people are suffering like that, and you're making policy and trying to make change, and you're trying to figure out what's going to happen with these people, and you think you're helping, if you don't know what's really needed, you don't go to the people and ask them that you're dictating what they need instead of asking them. So this project is very important in regards to ex is sharing the diff the mirrored faces and. Um, and consciousness of black people. And so with art, I mean, once again, it's really hard to explain when you live it, but it's very important. I mean, art and culture are very important. Like, if you don't know who you are, how are you going to be confident? If you don't know who you are, how are you going to function in the world and, and fulfill your destiny? If you don't know who you are, how do you even know what your destiny is? How do you ask those questions? So art not only brings people together, it allows, um, if you do art, make art together, that is a whole other dynamic. But if you're experiencing art as a way for people to hear things without the opinions of that speeches give. So if you're hearing it through a song, maybe you'll hear it a little differently and you'll digest it while you're dancing to it, which is very purposeful, by the way. Hypnotic, you know, bring you in, listen to these words and say, I never thought of it like that. And that's what it's about. It's about communicating, bonding, and bridging the gaps. So I have another question here, but do you want to select another cut that we, we should listen to as we're talking a little bit? Um, you want to go to Who's Child? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, Who's Child? Uh, folk, folk song, uh, in honoring uh, the, the folk tradition within the African-American community, the African community, actually. But this song, Who's Child, uh, dissects a billion-dollar education industry that preys on children <laughs> and families living in, in America's most disenfranchised communities. So, I'm not laughing at you, but I just, it just made me, sorry. <laughs> not, not, hey, hey, yeah, hey, I, I hear mean, you. There, you. there you go. Who's Child? <laughs> who's Child? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whose child is this you are hurting? Whose child is this whose future you're burning? Now, that is an art into itself. It can leave that up a little bit so people can hear the lyrics as we talk a little bit. But because the lyrics to me is what, when you listen to these lyrics, <laughs> right? This is a trick to be able to sing a question of policy, history, and reality mm. without making it pedantic and boring. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's a gift to do that. It <laughs> right? Really is. I mean, yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> you know, and, and, and Mark, this particular song speaks to a, a, a fierce organizer in Cherry Hill Homes, Latifah Dorsey. And she went through a two-week period where she was fighting to get her son transferred from one school into another. And she did everything she was supposed to do, but yet she was not able to get her son into a school. And, of course, uh, we assisted her within this process. But it, it speaks to what 
black families, black parents, whether they're single mothers, grandparents who are raising grandchildren go through and how indeed they do and are fighting for uh, 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 an equitable educational experience for their children. But oftentimes you don't hear their stories. You know, there are these perceptions or misperceptions about black families not caring about the education of their children, but they're fighting. They're fighting. And so these songs, to your point, and, you know, I mean, Navasha's voice, um, to, to even write the lyrics to Not these a small songs, part of this. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I mean, there were times where Steve Wright, right. the engineer, and I were in the studio. Um, and, I mean, we had goosebumps. We had chills. You know, she sounded like Joan Amatrada, Mavis Staples, Navasha Dea. I mean, it was awe-inspiring. And a very special project. We were honored to have her. I'm saying that as her husband um, involved in this project. I mean, very, very honored. And she lifts the, the, the stories of, of these families in public housing um, like no one or very few could possibly do. Well, it's my destiny. My dad, when um, I really love singing this kind of music. I love the diversity of the album. And my dad, when I was little, he would be singing the church. And my mom said he would always get everybody to get the spirit. And that's something I never really thought of as an artist. I was, I'm a good entertainer. I know I'm a good entertainer. I know I have a, you know, a pretty voice. But the soulfulness of really sharing messages, I actually really enjoy singing about um, things that are about upliftment, about healing that is challenging, that people may not sing about because it might get them in trouble. I actually really enjoy doing that. <laughs> and, so, and I know that I have a way of doing that. People can digest it. I know that's, a, that's something I do. So with this song, I made some really tricky words in here that Fanon wrote. I'm really honored to sing his music. I'm very proud of him, by the way. Too. So you wrote the words to this? He wrote, he wrote the, the words lyrics? and the music, the music to this album. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. This is a debut. I mean, I'm just really proud of him. And it's one of those things like Bill Withers and yeah. people who come out later in their lives. And you're like, what? You can do this too? I didn't know. So what? it's a very much a pleasure beautiful surprise well it's interesting because I, I, I've always played in the community I was never necessarily interested in playing at uh, you know in studios or, or right. poetry events you know I would be with the mothers and I'd be with my guitar and my pedals playing songs in the Oliver community or at Safe Streets events so I utilized my art you know in the community but I had to challenge myself I had to push myself beyond my comfort levels and take it in the studio which is an entirely different experience yeah. You know, when you're playing in that studio and you're getting, you know, you're hearing the notes. I mean, it makes you a better musician, as Navasha always says. And she was correct. It does. Which is even hearing this and, and the, the lyrics. One of the things, again, that I said earlier, that the idea, um, Fanon, I mean, that to, to, to write lyrics that have kind of a meaning in terms of where we are in the struggle to make a better mm -hmm. world mm -hmm. and to make it. Feel then make it fit into a song, make it fit into the art, mm -hmm. and and not be kind of this stuck place where you can't really enjoy it because you because mm -hmm. you know, the words mm -hmm. don't fit the music. Mm -hmm. right? mm -hmm. that, that's a, that's a real. I mean mm -hmm. that like Curtis Mayfield did that. Yeah, and Fanon Hill. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, and, and Mark, you're right, but I mean that that's the continuity in terms right. of you know growing up in East Cleveland from a large family. My family couldn't afford a guitar for me. So I would go down to a, a, a neighborhood record store and buy records, hip-hop records, and sell them to my friends or exchange them for their parents' uh, classic soul albums. So I learned music theory and arranging from Curtis Mayfield. And I learned Wah Wah Guitar, the beauty of it, from a Peter Tosh in Jamaica. Um, so, you know, the, the masters, they teach us. They speak to yeah, us, you know. It made me, made me think, this is a total <laughs> digression, but for mm -hmm. two seconds, it made me think of an interview I just heard with Santana and one of the guys from his band. Mm-hmm. Because they're going on a new tour now uh, and put out an album of all their old stuff. Ooh, and right, right, okay. and he talked about how they lived collectively in the 60s 
um, and listen to everybody brought these all these different genres of music right. and Afro Cuban right, right, sound right, and soul right, sound right. and the that's blues right. and jazz. That's right. Oh my goodness! And and, and married them into yeah. this what, universal African right. sound that Santana right. said right. came out of there just hanging out. Yeah, you know. Get an eye, whatever, and listen to, <laughs> and listen to the music, <laughs> yeah. the music mm-hmm. and making this this world. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's mm-hmm. um, and I think that fusion, in many ways, to me, what parts of your music speaks to, and and you may disagree with this, but it, it it's it speaks to the fusion that is African culture in the West, and yes. is what that African culture. How it defines the West. That's right. You know what I'm saying. That's right. And that, that's to right. me, that's what you're doing with this that's right. work. That's right. You know, yeah, 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 absolutely correct. <laughs> that, I mean that 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 is the essence of this, and you know, the the diversity of this album speaks to the the diversity of, of us as uh, descendants of enslaved Africans, resilient people yeah. who are still here today, <clears throat> and so that runs throughout the entire project for sure. Because if you think about um, what you both said earlier. I mean, it was Univash, I may have said this earlier, that um, when you talk about what it means to be a cultural warrior and to bring the arts into the world, not as just something that sits on the side, but as integral to, mm-hmm. that if you think about what the African experience, the Asperger's experience brought to this entire planet. That's right. That entire people planet. are yep. moving to it constantly. Yep. And yep. also yep. that means being infused mm-hmm. both intellectually and spiritually with mm-hmm. what is being infused with that art form, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that that's a piece that we people don't talk about mm-hmm. a lot. And mm-hmm. it's like um, mm-hmm. they want to throw the ba- baby out with the bathwater. So it's like you want to embrace the culture and the hipness, but not the people. And that's, that's right. the issue. That, and that, that's what this album's about. Layer, number, ignore, layer mm-hmm. number one. You can't ignore the people and dismay <laughs> right. the people. Just like they right. just came out with this report about you know the drug sen- sensitivity now. And when crack was put into our black communities on purpose because we were getting a little too organized. And the FBI finally admitted to it. It came out in the paper and people kind of ignored it. But I'm going to try to bring it up again, actually. They... Um, they are now we're sensitive about drug abuse now because it's not just black people involved in this um, wealthy white children, you know, dying from drug abuse and things like that. So now it's more like, oh, it's a mental issue. It's a disease versus when we had crack babies and crack in the communities. It was not as sensitive. It was people Evil were not crack looking at mothers. Evil, yeah, right? it wasn't. Right. People right. are human. Exactly. Now people are human. Right. Right. on drugs. That's so it's, right. this right. is a race issue once again. And, and we can't forget that. Like we can be people. The. Culture of America tries to compl- help us be complacent so people can still make their money. We cannot be complacent of the injustices here. Just because we don't see it doesn't matter. Someone just got killed recently in Baltimore. Did they put the report out, the name of the over child? Over the weekend. Yeah, but not even that. It was like before. It was like a week ago. Maybe it was over the weekend. I remember I was, anyway. But the report didn't come out to the name. But it's like all these things are happening. This has to end. It's just, it's so immature. Human wise, we're just the most. Is it so immature? The lack of culture, the lack of community. So going back to not throwing out the, you know, really embracing black people in the culture and not ignoring it. So if you see white children um, doing things and having riots after a game, that's like, oh, they're having a riot. If you see black children just hanging out in the corner, oh, they're about to do something. There's that dichotomy, the branding of black people as a ne- the negative branding of black people around the world is really, really a disease, and it's the illusion of. White supremacy, the illusion of that is a disease. And so we're really still at fighting for that. We're fighting for freedom, freedom to be really be truly human. Right. And to be embraced as truly human. No, I think that's very powerfully said, Navasha. And I was thinking about the, the crack baby thing is just sticking in my head because it was like it, it, it made people who got strung out to be like they were some kind of zombies or something. That's and exactly we know what I was looking for, I mean, the zombies. We know exactly crack right. children who are in their 40s and they're fine and they're intellectual and they're smart, but it was a, a branding of sorts on purpose to demonize people so that they don't, so people feel like they are less than human, which gives an excuse to treat them a certain way. 
And so it's just, it's really a serious, the branding that we have, and now it's even worse because we have social media, but the branding that happened around the world of African people of African descent, we're still dealing with that. That's why this album is important. So what, what should we, before we have the role, what, and, and mm. what, what should we Ooh. play now? What do you want to come up with so we can talk about for a minute? Vasha? Yeah, uh, and since we're speaking about families and, 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 and misperceptions, misconceptions, the Dawson family, uh, we honored the Dawson family, a family who they were murdered in 2002. The, the entire family was killed when their home was firebombed in the Oliver community. They had called city services and the police over 100 times for assistance, mm-hmm. and there was no response. Um, so we wanted to honor the Dawson family through this particular song, I Am Because We Are, a tribute to the Dawson family. Mm. Lomnava Love. Lomnava Love. Mm-hmm. Lomnava Love. And when's the film come out? The film's going to debut in July. And you can check out our website uh, to get more information, www.lomnavalove.com. You'll find the music. And then we have a music video for one of the songs dealing with healthy relationships, which is important for this work. And, you know, have a healthy community. It's called Love Journey. And that video is out on YouTube. So if you look me up, Navashadea, you will find a lot of this information as well. N-A-V-A-S-H-A-D-A-Y-A. Please purchase and support this work. Well, sometime we'll get you back on here soon, but of course, when the film premieres, we'll come out and do a whole piece on that. That would be great. That would be great. For sure. Thank, thank you. you. Thank Two of my favorite folks in the house today, Navasha Dea, Fanon Hill. Incredible work. Check out the website. We'll be linking to it on our website. Um, always good to see you too. Thank Much you love. for having us. All right. Thank you, Mark. The entire team. Thank you, too. Thank you, entire team. <laughs> 